an investor doing things on your own? How about someone working with a firm that isn't so responsive or in sync with your investment philosophy? My podcast talks you through all things financial. Look, there's stuff you don't deal with very often, but investments, insurance, and retirement is something we plan for each and every day. This is the Pennywise Financial Podcast, and welcome to the show. To the Pennywise Financial Podcast. This is Constantine here at Monarch Wealth Management with my co-host Sam Gwelly. Welcome to the show, everyone. Today is Thursday, September 8th, day two of back to school. Yesterday was a pretty big day in our household. We had our kindergartner heading off to school for the first day, and mom and dad were terrified, shaking in my boots, I guess. But he did well. He did well. I think the kids are always better than the parents, right? I would say so, yeah. Yeah, I think that's, you know, we we always worry about our kids, and and we did it, and uh, this this has been going on for eons, so I'm pretty sure they're in in safe hands. Um, thinking of back to school, hopefully things are getting back on track in the stock market. Sam, why don't you give us an idea of where we are right now? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't use the words back on track. Oh. Uh, unfortunately, over the past week, uh, we'll start with the Dow Jones here. We're pretty much flat over the past week. Uh, still down about 5% over the past month. And year-to-date, we're looking at about a 13% loss. Mm. Uh, the S&P 500, basically the exact same numbers, pretty flat over the past week, down about 5% over the past month. Year-to-date, down about 16%. Mm. Uh, let's take a look at the NASDAQ composite here. I'm guessing it's going to be more of the same. And guess what? It's identical. Mm. Pretty flat over the past week, last month down uh, over 7%, and year-to-date numbers were back down to about a 24% loss. Ouch. So that's uh, that's getting worse and worse. Uh, let's take a look at the Russell 2000. Uh, we're up about a percent over the past week, so there's your positive for the, uh, for the episode. And... Uh, Still down about 6.5% over the past month, and year-to-date numbers are still down about 18%. 18. So not really uh, as good news as you were hoping for, but no. uh, we'll have to keep a, keep a close watch. Yeah, I know. We were hoping for a little bit more. We saw the momentum start to trigger in the right direction, and then things started heading south. Let's jump into some of the sectors that we like to take a look at, one of them being the Energy Select Spider. That's the XLE. Year-to-date is up 37%. Um, That came down. You know, that reined in from the mid-40s. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. at one point it was in the 50s. Uh, If I go back to... June, I guess June 9th, June 8th is kind of the peak. And it started trending sideways. I looked at that as an opportunity. You look at mid-July and things started to get a little bit better, but it's been trading sideways. A lot to watch there. Moving on to the financial select spider, that's the XLF year-to-date is down 14%. That really has not paid off uh, for us. We're, we're looking at the financials as being a good place to invest, nice healthy dividends, great balance sheets, and uh, that has not come to fruition at, at least until this point. How about real estate? The XLRE, Real Estate Select Spider ETF, that is down year-to-date about 17%. It's been trending down pretty much from the beginning of the year, again, paying some nice dividends, things like that. In real estate, uh, that has not fared very well either. 
How about the cryptocurrencies, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, that's the GBTC. Year to date is down almost 65%, and that's been a falling knife. Mm -hmm. I have not caught that knife. I don't plan to. The Grayscale Ethereum Trust, that's an ETH year to date, pretty much similar numbers, 62% down year to date. And then the last digital coin we look at is the LTC and the Grayscale Litecoin Trust. That is down about 64%. Same thing. All three falling knives or coins, should I say. Haven't really touched those. Uh, can't say why they're trading down. I guess maybe it's a risk off as we've seen in the market. And then how about gold? The GLD, Spider Gold Trust. Year to date, a pretty mild 5.4% uh, loss. Been somewhat range bound kind of trading sideways pretty much throughout the year. I guess the peak would be in the middle of March, maybe uh, March 7th or so, where it was at its highest level, but it's been trading down and kind of flat. So where do we go from here? I mean, it's really a, this has really been a challenging landscape for us this year. It has not been easy. There's really haven't been many places to hide besides energy, uh, looking at things like oil, uh, liquid natural gas, things like that. Commodities have had a, a, a decent, at least a fair shake at things, but the broader markets really have not been doing very well at all. You know, we looked at technology, we looked at the top 500 companies, we looked at the top Dow Jones, the industrial type companies, we looked at the small caps, we looked at cryptocurrencies, non-traditional assets, pretty much nothing has worked besides energy this year. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating for us, frustrating for clients really trying to make some headway and say, geez, why am I investing this year? Should I just be in cash? The tough part is, is making that call and saying, geez, okay, so I'm down 15, 20, 30% this year. If I go to cash now, when is the market coming back? You miss, you know, just one good trading week and you could really, really hurt yourself quite a bit. You know, and the, if you've already lost that money, that's a loss you've already taken. So if you continue to buy, and reinvest those dividends and buying additional shares at a lower cost that will help to, you know, when your account does recover, when that share price does continue to go up and, and get back on track, as we like to say, it's going to help things. If you were to sell at a low point, stay in cash, wait to buy back in when the market's up 10, 15%, which could happen in one week, you kind of missed it, right? Yeah. Not to mention you missed accumulating those shares. So I think it's all relevant. You know, we're looking at both the broad markets as well as individual, you know, sectors and ETFs and, and actual individual stocks um, to find opportunities for clients, right? It's a tough market. It just means we work a little harder and we do the best. We keep, you know, keep fighting that good fight day in and day out. With that, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with the show. Do you want help building and managing an investment portfolio that's right for you? One that will help you maximize growth potential while you're saving, help you generate income when you need it most, and eventually preserve what you've saved to leave to your beneficiaries? We do this day in and day out and take the stress and responsibility of making those decisions off your plate. Subscribe to our newsletter, read our blog post, and listen to our podcast to get a flavor of how we do things. Our firm is unique and capable of handling all your investment and insurance needs. Monarch Wealth Management, our guidance, your future. Welcome back to the Pennywise Financial Podcast here at Monarch Wealth Management. 
alongside of Constantine Kitronos. My name is Sam Guelli. Cons, I think we were having a conversation earlier uh, about some of our clients and they had some questions for us. Uh, and I think the one that stuck out to me the most was how do you get paid? How do you and David get paid? You're yeah. wondering, uh, I, go ahead if you. No, uh, I was going to say, I, I think it's a, a pretty common question. Mm-hmm. A lot of people ask in our field, but when's the last time you went to the dentist or the doctor and said, how do you, you know, how do you get paid? Yeah. I don't think I've ever done that. So. Kind of an odd question, right? But in this field, it's, it's, uh, it's accepted as a, is a, not only a valid question, but I think a good question because people want to know exactly what they're paying for and how much money uh, a firm may, might be making. Um, so it, I think one thing is, is just to be upfront with someone, to be transparent and let them know exactly what they're getting and what they're paying for. Um, when you go to a car dealership, I mean, again, we love metaphors, if you can't tell. Uh, when you go to a car dealership, you see the sticker price and then you kind of see some bullet points and you see dealer fee. Same thing when you close on a house, when you buy a house and you get a loan for it, right? There's all kinds of fees, uh, uh, you know, loan origination fee and who gets, I mean, if you break down in the details, it, it can be, you can get into the weeds pretty quickly. But um, I think one thing that people want to know is, am I paying a bogus um, markup or charge or commission that maybe I don't have to? Is there a better way of doing it? And um, I think that's pretty legit, you know, to, to, to come up to someone and say, look, I want to invest my money. I like what you have to say, Sam. How are you getting paid and is there a better way? And so you ever hear the term fiduciary? Yeah. It's kind of a kooky term, I guess you might say. It's the official way of saying like, hey, okay, we're going to do what's in the best interest of the client. So some clients ask on a first meeting is, are you a fiduciary? Okay. Yeah. That's like asking if you have a license to drive. Okay. Are you a good driver, Sam? I think you probably are. I think I am. You make it to work. Okay. I haven't had any accidents or speeding tickets, at least that I've heard about. Um, but just because you have a license or you have a duty to do something doesn't mean you're actually going to do it. So, you know, I, I take that with a grain of salt when someone says, yes, I'm a fiduciary. Yeah. I've, oh, of course, of course you are. I hope you would be. To me, that's a minimum standard, right? That would be a like a setting the bar low, mm-hmm. in my opinion, right? Uh, because I think there's a lot more than just a duty to do what's right. We are what's called a hybrid. And what that means simply is there are ways for us to be compensated on a commission-based, and there's ways for us to be comped, uh, compensated at, on a fee-based. So what are the differences? Any idea what that means? Uh, commission versus fee you're talking about? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, commission has to do with uh, sales and stuff, right? And then you'll take a, a cut based on what you sell, but then uh, the other way, the fee, uh, you just charge a flat fee and that gets, uh, how, how often does that fee get taken out? Yeah, so so it does kind of bring up some questions. And I mean, you, you pretty much nailed it. Um, I think a lot of people ask those questions and they're not even really sure what they're asking. Mm-hmm. I heard about it on a commercial before. I've heard other advisors say like, I should care about this, but why do I actually care? So commission based essentially is, let's just say, and I'll use one example. Uh, let's just say there is an individual bond that I can find in the market uh, that's trading for 80 cents on the dollar, right? I have the ability to mark that up to let's say 85 cents and I would be charging you a commission mm-hmm. to get access to that bond. And I would go in and, and buy the bond for you 
Now, I got paid as the advisor. I got paid a commission. Now, let's say six months from now, that particular bond goes up in value and makes money. We could sell that bond or we can continue to hold it and hope for better returns. But regardless, I've already been paid as the advisor, right? Mm -hmm. So then I would question, well, how much work am I doing for that, the research to find the bond, to go ahead and transact for you and, and planning and whatnot. Um, and then how long do I hold it for? So if let's just say we bought that bond in the commission-based scenario, and I don't call you for five years. I've already been paid, right? Are you holding me accountable each and every year? Probably not. And even if you are, let's say you're not happy in two or three years, you say, geez, I've averaged 4% rate of return and all my friends who bought a similar type of bond are making five or six or 7%. You decide to sell or change advisors. That particular advisor already got paid. That's the commission structure. Mm -hmm. You pay a fee for something up front, whether you're happy, dissatisfied, you're not, you're not holding me accountable down the road as far as performance and things like that. Right. How about the fee based? Yeah. Any idea so, how that works? Yeah. So um, I, I assume that holds the advisor more accountable. It does. Because uh, as you like to say, um, if your clients are making money, you guys are making money. Correct. If they're not, then you're not also. Yeah. And that has a direct correlation, a direct impact on how I'm compensated. So if I'm doing a great job of managing your investments, choosing the right stocks, the right bonds, alternatives, uh, commodity, whatever it might be, whatever we're investing in, it mm -hmm. doesn't matter to me. If you say, Constantine, I want to buy Google stock. I want to buy Tesla stock. I want to buy Apple, Amazon, regardless of the company, if it makes sense, if it fits your risk profile, your appetite for, for risk, we, we should employ that. There's no reason why. I could care less if it's Coca-Cola stock or Amazon. Mm -hmm. I don't get paid any more or less for choosing a different type of investment, right? Depends on the, the performance of the Correct. for you and the client, obviously. And within your risk profile, if we maximize your returns, you're going to benefit, but so am I. Mm -hmm. We're sitting on the same side of the table, right? And I think that's the the most fair way of doing it. If you played a, if you paid a flat amount every year of five or $10,000 for me to do X, Y, Z for you, regardless of the result. Yeah. You're um, still getting paid. You don't really still getting paid. Really Correct. I care how well it does. I care, but I'm not, not as I'm not caring uh, enough to get compensated or have my comp adjusted based on my performance. Yeah. So it's incentive for you to work as hard as you can. Really. Correct. What if the weatherman again, more metaphors. I love it. Uh, what if the weather man or, or, or woman got paid based on the number of days throughout the year they got the weather right? I don't think they'd get paid that often. No. I, it, <laughs> the weather is tricky. The weather, uh, the weather's no joke. I mean, we, we were on the lake um, maybe last week and there was no rain in the forecast. I mean, we were out for probably three, four hours. Nice sunny day. All of a sudden- Clouds open up, uh -oh. thunderstorms come in. We got caught right in the middle of the storm. Mm. Um, kind of like what happened this year, the beginning part of this year. There was a lot of things that happened. Uh, you got Russia, Ukraine, things like that. Things developed out of nowhere. But anyhow, that's the difference between a commission-based structure and a fee-based. And then fiduciary, again, to me, fiduciary is just kind of the minimum level. Uh, it's saying that you have a duty to do what's right. Now, people might say, how can you do both? You know, aren't you one or the other? If if you're commission based, you're you're getting paid. You wanna you wanna find a good product 
that's a sale, I guess, if you will, versus fee-based management, which is taking care, being a custodian for my accounts, being a good steward of my money over time and being comped based on that balance. Um, and the reality is in some cases, you could make an argument that the best thing for the client is a commission-based structure. Well, how does that make sense, Constantine? So let's say we found a bond, again, same type of scenario, uh, that was pretty much an ideal bond that we knew was great quality. Um, it had good credit ratings. And the idea was to buy and hold that bond to pay you a nice coupon for the next 20 to 30 years. Would it make sense for me to charge you a fee on that every year versus paying a commission up front? Financially, it may make more sense for you as a client to pay a commission versus a fee every year. So th there are certain cases where you can make that argument. You know, it depends. Now, if you're buying a bond to hold on to it because it's paying a good coupon and you want to see that appreciate because you bought it at a discount, that's a different story. Now we're actively monitoring that bond. We're maybe looking for an alternative. We can sell it while it appreciates. You collect that 5%, maybe you make 2 to 3% a year for four years, let's say, sell that bond at a profit and then go out and buy something else versus paying a commission each time you do those transactions. So there are benefits and drawbacks, but having the capability of doing both, I think is a huge plus. It's a huge win for the client. Uh, for us to be able to handle both of those types of transactions is a big win for us. We don't have to turn business away. So some uh, firms will tout the fact that they are fee only. I'm fee only. I'm fiduciary. I'm this, I'm that. But I, I really, you know, this is not to knock them or to say that commission is better than fee-based or fee-based is better. I think the ability um, to do both, to, to offer what we offer is a huge, huge win for clients. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Do you think that answers a question when a client, like a prospect, let's say, comes to us and says, geez, how do you guys, how do you guys get paid? And how do I know what you're doing is really in my best interest? Yeah, I think so for sure. Cause uh like like we talk about um all the time, and I mentioned it earlier, um, if your if your client is making money, then you guys are making money. Exactly. So you, you went into detail there, explained the whole process. And uh if I didn't know, uh, I think I'd be, you know, very pleased with that answer as a client. So And I hit so last week we had a prospect that I met with that was in a commission-based environment with another advisor and they were maybe not so happy. Uh, the advisor was not so responsive. Sure. And again, like I said, if I go back to that scenario, if, if I got paid, I have no incentive to call you back other than the fact that I want to keep you as a client and hopefully you invest more money down the road. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe I actually care for you. Yeah. Now, is that enough? I don't, I don't know. Apparently not. Because that's what happens when clients or prospects come to us and say, I'm not happy at XYZ firm. What are you going to do for me that's different? Why would you call me back? What, you know, besides a promise and a handshake and some forms, you know, what tells me that you're actually going to do this? What greater incentive than my actual paycheck? The yeah. salary that I make each and every year, the way that I'm able to put food on the table for myself and my family. Right. You know? What else is going on in uh, local news? Uh, you mentioned to me uh, some news, some unfortunate news uh, a little bit ago. What's yeah, going on? Yeah, so um, this is out of uh, out of England. Um, the Queen passed today at age 96. That's insane. That's wild. 
long rain. One of so, the longest uh, rains, I think, I, right? I think it it was, what, 70 years? That's insane. Something like that. Um, I think they said most people alive have never seen another, you know, ruler uh, in England. Um, and they said for the first time in a long time, there'll be a king, I guess. King wow. Charles. Wow. So uh, I know they don't really do much these days, but it's still kind of uh, newsworthy, obviously. So. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens. I know right now Europe and, and great the Great British Pound is trading at a, um, a discount. Well, at least the euro is trading less than the dollar. I think the uh, British, Great British uh, Pound, the Britain Pound is trading at maybe a dollar 12, something like okay. that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, they have some challenges right now. A transition in England uh, will be a little bit of a change, I guess. But like you said, it's kind of like a figurehead in a way. It's, mm -hmm. I don't know how much power they actually have. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know a lot of people, you know, around the globe are going to be, I guess, sad about it. You know, oh, yeah. A lot of people in America, I remember. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really remember. Obviously, I don't remember exactly when it was, but when Princess Diana died, uh, I just know everybody in America was very, you know, obsessed with the whole thing. I remember my, my mom tells me all the time how much people were paying attention to that. So. Absolutely. I mean, you could, you couldn't turn on the TV without seeing it. I don't really turn on the TV as much nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, same thing. I mean, internet, email, uh, you name it, wherever you get your news from. Um, we talked about the markets earlier. Uh, we know there's a lot of things looming in, in the economy and in the world, geopolitical issues, uh, prices going up again, uh, supply chain issues. We do have a market update event that's coming up next month. If you don't know about it, please reach out to us. We'd be happy to share some info. Space is limited. I know we just had to expand to a larger room because we're uh, booking seats now. Again, you could reach out to us at info at monarchwealthmanagement.com. We'd be happy to get that information to you. With that, I think that's all the time we have for today's show. Thanks again for listening to the Pennywise Financial Podcast. This is Constantine here and Sam Gwelly at Monarch Wealth Management. Thanks again, everyone. You've been listening to Pennywise Financial, brought to you by Monarch Wealth Management. Constantine and David really care about their clients. They want to make sure you're happy, so you'll continue to hire them. There's no commitments, and clients are free to leave whenever they want. Think about being able to pick up the phone and call someone for guidance and advice on almost anything, from buying a car, selling a home, buying vacation properties, or even selling a business. Reach out on the website at monarchwealthmanagement.com. There are two offices in Rochester and two offices in Buffalo. Reach out to us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. Or call us toll-free at 800-480-1580. That's 800-480-1580. Until next time, this is Pennywise Financial, signing off. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC.